Welcome, everybody. This is Mac on the Rock of the Concrete Conservative, WSQF, 94.5 Blink Radio, Kibiskane. We're live stream. We're in your car. We got a phone number. It's better than a taxi, 305-365-7777. But you can't call us on the Concrete Conservative because we only want you to listen. I'm here with marvelous, victorious Ed Vidal, who has made... Blink Radio, great again. Ed? Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're on WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne, your evacuation route from socialist nonsense. And today we're going to have three callers, and they're going to be focusing on school choice. And generally, school choice is a big topic. So as you know, we are focused on parent guardianship schools, which is a unique statute that needs to be reformed, but it's a unique statute here in Florida. But we're going to get several callers with different um, angles on school choice. Uh, The first one will be Keith Blogg. He's with the Florida Citizens Alliance, and they are focusing on textbook uh, review. So that's one thing that we'll start off. Well, you know, Keith uh, can actually do something with a textbook review. After parents are running the school and buying the textbooks. Absolutely. So you shouldn't object to what you want to do, which yes, is I, parent I believe, guardianship. I, I believe that the only people who object to stuff like that are people who really don't believe the school system is failing. If you know that schools are failing your kids, the problem is, the truth is, parents that have smart kids, they succeed in any type of environment. They succeed in overcrowded conditions. They they excel even if the teacher is an idiot. They they just do their homework. They remember information. They read things on their own. And they self empower themselves. I know because I have two. They children. talk to their parents. They read the, their parents' books. Uh, you know, I have two children that excel in this public school system. I just want the school system to change simply because. The majority of high-paying jobs in in the in the economy in tomorrow's economy are going to foreigners right now, and it's just that simple. All the tech jobs are going to foreigners. All the medical positions are going to foreigners. All the big-time op- uh, uh, surgical doctors right now are all from India. Everybody who's getting something pulled out of their body tells me, "Oh, my doctor was Indian." Right here in South Florida, mm-hmm. a friend of mine just told me, you know. My, I, I go, hey man, you look terrible. And what's going on? You've lost a bunch of weight. He was already a skinny guy. He looked, mm. he looked jaunt. I go, what's wrong with you? I haven't seen you in a while. You know, you know, I'm a street corner storyteller. So, I started joking around with him. He goes, no, no, I lost my kidney uh, on Monday. Wow. And I go, last Monday, I suppose. He goes, yeah, yeah last Monday. Uh, and my doctor was an Indian. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to. Uh, train I want American that doctor kids. to be an American. An American, okay. I want to make the medical field great again. I want to make the computer field great again. We have a serious tech support. Li- I just want. Uh, I want liberalism out of our schools. If I didn't mention it, I'm mentioning it now. Liberalism, socialism, statism, yeah, all amounts to the progressive virus, and that's a computer hard drive malfunction that makes us, many of us, politically bipolar. And I I invented the word and had it submitted in the Urban Dictionary, and I expect it to be in the Webster's Dictionary one day, in all confidence. 
of course, because of WSQF, Blink Radio getting the word out there. Because mm-hmm. here on the Concrete Conservative, it's not like I'm going to budge. The foundation might crack, but the rebar will stay intact. And notice how the timing was just excellent. Yep. This is WSQF 94.5 with the Concrete Conservative Shore Show. Yours truly, Mac on the Rock and Ed Vidal are on the line. And who do I have the pleasure to speak with? Yeah, thank you, Keith. Keith, Keith uh, Eduardo, well, guess who's on the other line? Do you remember having a conversation with me? Uh, Eitan Leor uh, put us together and we talked about school choice. Uh, yeah, so some time ago, if I recall. I was some time ago, yes. Well, uh, Ed and I do a radio show here on WSQF 94.5 FM. And I'm really happy that Ed re- reached out to you so we could talk again. Okay, great. All right, fantastic. So, Keith, you're uh, you're head of the Florida Citizens Alliance, is that right? Yes, that's correct. And one of the two uh, founders, and uh, we have uh, two uh, co-managing directors now. We have a board of four. We're a 501c3, and we have about 60,000 people across the state that follow us and work with us. Okay. And school choice is one of your policy areas, right? Well, I would say it differently. I don't call it school choice. Okay. Parents should be parents should be in charge of their kids' education, each of their kids' education, and school choice kind of kind of takes putting, um, you know, too often putting governments in charge. I agree. All right. So it should be. You're right. It's got to be parent choice. Uh, so how do you how do you propose to achieve it? Tell us how, what you're doing. one in Dade County? Do you have one in Dade County? So, yeah, I agree with you. The hell with reform. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I would argue vehemently that you can't reform a monopoly. You have to break it. And the only way you break a monopoly is to take their kids away uh, in, in, a, in, in the education environment. So 
Uh, we spend a, a significant and growing amount of time uh, getting parents to accept uh, how broken the schools are, getting parents to accept that they have, that they have some alternatives, including homeschooling. Uh, and, and so it, that's not the only avenue out. Uh, there are a few charter schools that we support. We're big fans of uh, the Hillsdale model. So okay. where do we put them? Time, uh, time out. But uh, why why not take away their schools instead of take away their kids? Why don't you take away the school buildings and the money that run that operates them and don't pay them rent? Oh, I don't see why that wouldn't. In fact, I don't think you could take their schools away because it would take. I don't think you can take the kids away because it would take I don't know sixty seventy well, years. Where would you put the kids if you take them away? No, from you just can't schools. because it would take sixty years just to do that alone. And this country doesn't have sixty years. We're we've got maybe ten years left of fixing this. I mean, reinventing it. Or the three of us. Look at the three of us. We're championing these causes that we're all in our north of fifty years of age. So I don't know. I disagree with you, Keith. Why aren't we taking the schools away? And there's a method to do that, and then you can do whatever you want with your textbooks once the once the the parents are in control of the school building and the finances funded directly from the state. Take the take the money away. That would be more effective than taking the students away. Yeah, but who's going to do that? Uh, the parent. The the law's already passed. You just the law is already passed. You just got to amend it. The parents will take it away by interschool votes. Just call the vote, win the election, take the school. The, the law already says that the Tallahassee will fund the school if you win the election. The only problem is that the way it's written now, the teachers vote separate from the parents. So the teachers veto you. But if you take the teachers out, and that's just the signing of a of an amendment to the existing law, you've just got your your path is just gets accelerated. This creates a, a highway for you to achieve what you want. But you have to have parents take the schools away. They win the vote. They get funded by Tallahassee. They form a, a guardianship board, and then they buy new textbooks and hire and fire teachers. And they don't have to pay rent to the school building they just took back. I don't see how anybody can end around that. That's a real, and only Florida has it, so it can spread to the other 50 states. So, so, so let's just stick with Florida for a minute. So tell me how you're going to get 50% of the parents in any one of our 67 counties uh, in a specific school to do what you say. They're so, in, many parents are so ingrained in trusting their government schools. Uh, I understand the philosophical model you're on, and, and I don't disagree with it, but I just don't see a practical way to make that a reality. So, well, three schools three schools have already done that, and they not only did they operate their schools, they overcame the teacher's veto vote because they which, are, which are those three schools? The the one is called uh, Live Oaks in Fort Lauderdale and two Rollette Elementary schools in Manatee County. And they took back their schools. Of course, they had to they had to win the teachers' vote because the law has not been amended. So the teachers did vote with them. And today they bought an additional school with their surpluses, which is now the Rollette Elementary School under the same model. The idea is to not debate whether we can do this or not. The idea is to get the teachers out of the law. The law was passed by Lon Chows, and then it was promulgated wrongly by, of course, Charlie Crist. And, and Jeb Bush sat on it for eight years, so it was, 
And I was the first to use the law. And uh, so I create the legal precedent, and then the roulette people told me what to uh, ask me, you know, what to expect. I said, well, the abuse of the of the parent proponents, children will be abused because the teachers are voting against the parents. And therefore, it's a teacher empowerment law as, it, as it's written today, and it should be a parent empowerment law as it's as, it, as it's titled. Keith, Keith, are you familiar with the uh, Key Biscayne uh, parent trigger fight in 2013? I'm saying it's the only way with, uh, in other words, you have the intellect to do what you're doing. In other words, what you're doing can be done if the parents were to take the schools. They would accelerate what you're trying to do. I mean, really fast, like on steroids. Well, I guarantee you, I'll give you the answer. I guarantee you the neighboring schools of Roulette, are, if they and could they fire... Tri- successes, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're looking over the, across the bridge or across the, the neighborhood and saying, why yeah. don't we do what Roulette's doing? Yeah. And Keith, that's, it's contagious. Keith, Keith, let me tell you one thing. that just, A book just came out saying, why Meadow died, asking that question. And my answer is Meadow died because her parents sent her to a public school operated by unionized government bureaucrats who don't care whether she's learning or developing, much less even whether she's alive. That's what you have at Broward County. And so as people see the consequences of sending their children to these government-operated schools, I think you're going to have a wake-up call. Yep. The, the question that I always ask is how do you get enough of the people that are involved to go where you want them to go? And, and you have to wake them up. And, and when 90 plus percent of them say they're happy with what they have. Yeah, I don't debate that. I mean, people are pretty, uh, it's pretty insidious. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty insidious out there when they see their child having a you know $23,000 starting salary and they don't even fathom the fact that they maybe studied the wrong thing or they got the uh, they don't even parents don't even realize what they dug their own kids into I mean I agree with you 100% but these buildings are still ours these schools are still ours the taxpayers are funding this and the state of Florida is giving you an opportunity to fund your school if you win an election it's just get the teachers out of the vote since it was wrongly put in there. They, they abused my daughter. Well, they did it uh, to favor the teachers' unions. I believe that Charlie Chris didn't know what he was doing. I believe no. that Ch- Lon Childs didn't, didn't he put— wanted, They wanted a block for the teachers' union. Uh, Lon Childs did not, did not promulgate the law at all because he just wanted to take it out of Jeb Bush's platform because he had just beat him. So he, he left it dormant there in 1996— 
Charlie, I had no idea what he was thinking, but again, he turned out to be a Democrat, so yeah, maybe Ed is right that he actually did these voting guidelines so that teachers can veto parents. Well, call it a teacher's empowerment law then, but he didn't do that either. And then I used it three years later as the first person in Florida, and sure enough, I did it to be able to tell people like you who are much more intelligent than I am, and much more resourceful than I am, to be able to show you... Hey, these laws, I mean, I knew what I was getting into. I knew the voting guidelines were going to slaughter me. And I was. I even ran for PTA president to do this, to elevate the conversation. And everything that could happen did happen in my case. But I had the elections chairman under Bush Gore as my attorney. So I knew I was going to get the vote and establish the legal precedent. Now I'm just asking people like you to help me get DeSantis. Amend the law. Amend the law to take the teachers out. And I guarantee you. I, I need you. I need all the others. I need Miss Sullivan, for instance, uh, at Eust- in, up in Eustis, Florida. Um, she's she heard me out. Um, it's on a website where my, I explained the whole experience. She read it. She's floored by it, and uh, she's uh, chairman of the ele- uh, the education committee. It's just support. I know Jennifer is very well. We've. Talk to her about it. She's getting ready to do something. Uh, I got uh, Thad Altman uh, um, willing to be a cold sponsor, but if he doesn't start hearing calls from other parents, uh, it, this might just get cold. They all might get cold feet. It needs acceleration now. I've been at this since 2013, but as a protagonist in the case, it's self-aggrandizement as I pitch this as someone who's, you know, scorned parent because they really took on my teacher, I mean, my, my daughter in the fifth grade. I need other people to grab the baton and say, wait a second, uh, we don't have to take the, uh, the the kids away from the government schools. We can take the government schools, and then we get funded directly from the state. And, of course, the, the affluent communities will take their schools first because they got, you know, functional parents at home. You can't homeschool a kid if you're divorced. It's very difficult. The kids are home alone with the answer key somehow. <laughs> Well, we're on third base. We've, no, we've been working at this for five years. We work in three lanes, and we and we work in trying to get the legislature to do quote unquote what we want, uh, and that's uh, a, whole, a, a, a basic focus on parental right, uh, parental options, and breaking the monopoly. And there's a number of things we're doing there, and we're starting to get some headway in the legislature. You've got to understand, and I'm going to say this fairly uh, aggressively, the legislators will do as little as possible to get themselves reelected. This is a very high-stakes game, and taking on the, 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 the establishment in terms of its um, uh, what they're doing to our kids, we've been doing this for five years. I mean, we, we, we've been to Tallahassee each of the last five years. Uh, last time we were up there, uh, you know, average of five to seven times. We're just going up there two weeks from now. Um, it is really hard to build the relationships to get their attention because they really don't. They're very risk averse. Okay, but you, but but in your in this case, you have this effort going on, which I'm acknowledging as fantastic. I've been at it for five years, but I can honestly say I haven't been in Tallahassee for five years because I'm getting shut down. They won't even let me testify. When this thing, when the iron was hot, but you have a law already passed, state statute one thousand two thirty three clause three b, that you can work with, and put it into your agenda, uh, literally. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me 
counting your law, we have five major laws that are on the books that are totally ignored. We have a very strong statute on what's supposed to be being taught in our founding values and principles. It's totally ignored. We have a really good statute that says pornography is prohibited in our school system. It's totally ignored. We have a really good statute on religious liberty. It's totally ignored. We have a really good statute on uh, the, the fact that every everything that's supposed to be taught in our school systems is supposed to be accurate, balanced, and objective. It's totally ignored. The system is broken from that standpoint. Okay, but how do you how do you squeeze a system that is like that? Uh, you take the money away. No, no, well, you, you make the case for me. You take the money. The minute the parents win the election, okay? Who's going to take the money away? The parents, once they win the election, they get funded directly from the state of Florida. Now they're buying the okay. textbooks. How do you, okay, okay. How do you get the parents to stand up and take the money away? Well, you start with you, the most you, you, active you, you, parents. You start, you start with the obvious. Yeah, you start with the most active the, the parents. Par- the parents who want to take back the school will join you because you're, you're going to be firing the trigger letter. And in 90 days, there's going to be a vote called. Yeah. And the ma- and the, the, the district does control the mailing and all that stuff, but they also fund the mailing, too. So I went through all these. But once you win, it's over for the for yeah. the school district. They and lose you, the money on top of it. It's not going to be led by the 90% of the parents who are complacent. you got to find high... 50, uh, 50 plus 1. High human capital parents. Now, what you can have is the teachers voting against the parents because now yeah. they veto power. you got to get the teacher vote out of there. Out of there. And once you do that, uh, once you do that, or you can have them join the. Uh, there is a uh, there is a way of joining the. In other words, that's the uh, that's the best option. But of course, there's a fallback position where you don't you don't cut the teachers out entirely. You let them vote among the the popular vote. In other words, no, forget it. They don't belong in there. Yeah. So, th- but if you have a large school of eighty uh, of eighty teachers or more, then that could Forget decide it. it. No teachers. That could decide an election. But nevertheless, it's. Uh, I used to think it was an and-or discussion, but you can't have... No teachers. It's you can't make two thing. parents and fire a trigger. with high-value-added parents who will go and, and do this. Well, you know, we can add all kinds of labels to it, but I don't think, based on what you're saying, that is so real and so true, and it really it's rubbing a, a, an open wound for me because I actually experienced this, I understand what you're saying about these laws are ignored, but it all it comes back down to well, if it's that bad, then the only way to to get a crack addict to stop smoking crack is to uh, disallow him to have any kind of money to buy it, and that's the only way you're going to take government out of the schooling is to take the money away, one school at a time, and when other schools see what doesn't happen to me, in other words. I was abused, and my teacher and my daughter was abused simply because the teachers were in the vote. They went after my daughter with text messages and called her out in class, and they even provoked the live chant, you know, like, no, no conversion, no conversion. And I have that all documented on the website. I don't think anybody in this state, and that includes yourself, I don't think anybody can get any kind of reform in this state without taking back the schools. And you don't have to pay rent to the schools. So even the developers... Of charter, are kind of oppose this because you want disgruntled parents to leave district-run schools to go to charter schools where developers waiting with new property and new buildings and all that. So even they are against you. I know that to be true because I have family members that are charter school developer, and so I know that he didn't like a, a moment of what I was doing. But I don't see 
anybody getting anything done in the public school system until we literally do what we've always asked. It doesn't happen to be, doesn't have to be a month next year or a week tomorrow. It could be today. Take their schools away the American way. Call the vote. Win the election. And guess what? The, the state funds you. And of course, you know, liberal neighborhoods will so, get liberal schools and uh, so conservative Keith, neighborhoods win their schools, and then we'll find out whose kids go to college. So, Keith, what do you think? I, I read some of your material, and I understand your. Uh, understand, I think I understand the issue with uh, uh, 1002.33 and paragraph 3. 3B. A, uh, 3B, because it, lets, uh, it requires two votes. Uh, one by the teachers and one by the uh, by the parents. Unbelievable! That's very hard on me. That was very hard on a parent. Plus, you have to find a second parent with the guts to have their kids abused right, too. You have to go to parents <laughs> that are willing to stand up. That's true. And, yeah. and, and I, I tell you that we have worked for five years to get fifty to sixty thousand people who are kind of willing to stand up. Well, imagine if they start firing trigger letters. <laughs> uh, well, you can't get them to. You can't get them to. Fire. We 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 have we have after case of kids that are being um, brutalized by uh, we, we just had a case here in Collier County uh, t- where, where uh, a, 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 an employee uh, was just arrested because he sexually molested 20 kids in a, in a park, Parkland or Parkside uh, elementary school and parents don't know what to do um, we just had a, we, just, we have a case a, a major case of Football teams being targeted uh, by by competitive football teams to take out their kids in person, and, and 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 we and we can't get parents to stand up. I tell you. I, I, well, I, I must say that I, although I agree with you, and and that's really pathetic. But if the parents were running that school and being funded by the state, yeah. that molester would have come to surface Keith, Keith, at, 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 at change, one child. The change in uh, to to parent. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, I know. Twenty-three thousand. That's enormous money. Yep. Here's ninety-eight. And yet we graduate ninety-two percent of our kids. Of course. Yeah, and they go to college and flunk out in one semester. The system is broken. Uh, we all agree. My question to you is: uh, your approach. Uh, I'm not arguing that your approach may work, but you've got to figure out how to get uh, two things. You've got to figure out how to get a, a, a couple of examples where it works. And number two, you've got to figure out how to get legislators to, if you want to change the law, and that's what I think you're trying to propose. Absolutely. The problem is that I just it just can't be me. <laughs> well, I understand that. And we've worked for five years, so it's just not us. We've worked for five years to get where we are. We're starting, just starting to get some wind in our sails because we've built the relationships with these legislators. And then, of course, every then they get turned out. <laughs> and then they get turned. Then they get turned out, which I have to be a fan of term limits because think of where we'd be without it. But at the same time, it makes the challenge really hard. But what I'm what I'm telling you is, if you're going to do this, you've got to figure out how to build relationships, and you've got to get a sponsor in both the Florida House and the Senate. 
and you've got to convince them to champion it. And I don't know, I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball to figure out how to do this. Um, well, I, I believe I have the House. I, if you can help me with the Senate, <laughs> I used to have Thad Altman, but he was termed out in the Senate. Now he's in the House. So I, he's, uh, that was a waste of time. <laughs> and Jennifer Sullivan is in the Senate? She's in the House. Oh, she's in the House. She's in the House. She's the chairman of the Education Committee. In the- she's on board if I can find a senator and change so, this law. Uh, I, I'm not trying to make life difficult here, but there are really four decision makers. In, in, in this process. Yeah, Corican, and he's in my way. No, no, well, let me add, let me add a fifth one. There are five decision makers in this process. You have the Senate president and the next Senate president who's the president designate. You have you have Galvano and you have Simpson. If you can't get them on board, nothing else, nothing will happen in the Senate. I mean, I've, we've been at this for five years. On the House side, you've got uh, your neck of the woods, uh, Oliva. Oliva, yes. Okay. Now, will, will Oliva support what you're doing? I think he would, yes. you got you to approach him. The reason why I think so is because he was involved in the early get-go. He was there when I started this. And him and Carlos Trujillo and Manny Diaz. No, sorry, not Manny Diaz. He's a, he's a fink. Um, I forgot his name. Mike Boleka. And John Legg and Kelly Stargell, all of them were on board. And then something happened. And I don't know what it is. I think it was just me being uh, solo. I believe I failed to recruit 60,000 people (laughs) that you've done. That's all it is. All those people were supporting me. They were all on board. Then something happened. And uh, uh, Governor Scott was on board even because he he read my daughter's testimony of being abused in class because she wrote a a personal testimony in fifth grade with her handwriting, and he was it was given to him. He invited me up to Tallahassee. I sat in the governor's mansion. I sat in the Department of Education. Everybody heard my story. Uh, the person who I know blocked me with uh, Mr. Gates, uh, president of the Senate, Matt Gates's dad, uh, the famed congressman in, uh, in D.C. His father got in my way. He was a superintendent, and I believe it died there. And so, therefore, I agree with you that if I don't get the Senate people the Galvanos and uh, the other Jen- Simpson that you spoke. Yeah, I believe Gates sabotaged the whole thing. And here I am. You know, I was, you know, I lost my freedom of speech in the process because they wouldn't allow the, me to talk as PTA president. And I'm so in, infuriated, I built a radio station to buy my freedom of speech back. Yeah, so who else? So really, this is a legislative reform effort. Who, who are the other decision makers that you'd have? Yeah, he I do not know. Um, okay, well, and then you've got the two in the Senate. And then the fifth one who really has huge power, and you just mentioned his name, uh, Speaker Corcoran. Now, I would argue, and you said he's been in your way, but I would argue that Corcoran is doing some really, uh, he's brought us uh, a long way in the last couple of years with, with, with options, uh, particularly the five scholarship options that are out there. I'd like to spend a minute with you uh, on air talking about one of those scholarships because if you can get parents to wake up, are you guys familiar with the Hope Scholarship? I believe I believe uh, DeSantis was all over that. He loved it. 
but I'm not too familiar with it because it, uh, it's not like I applied for it or anything. But please inform our audience. Okay, well, the Hope Scholarship has been labeled the anti-bullying scholarship, but it's much, much more than that. Uh, it, there's a, a, it's, a, you can write this down if you're, if you're listening or so listening. It's, it's 1002.40. And what the Hope Scholarship says, and this is really important, uh, Corcoran actually led this. He wrote this bill personally, and he led the charge to get it. What it says is that if you're a parent and your parent is being bullied, and I want to stop there and, and, and be real clear on what the definition of bullying is. The definition of bullying includes the traditional you know, school fighting, uh, sexual harassment, um, all of the traditional things that you would think about bullying, but it, 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 it includes three things that are really huge. It includes if you feel your child is being threatened by the system, if you feel your child is being harassed by the system, and it's not just student on student, it's anybody on school property. So if you, uh, and, and, and so it's intimidation, threat, and harassment. Now, if you have a child that's being threatened or harassed, all you have to do as a parent is go to your local school and demand to file a state form applying for the Hope Scholarship. Uh, all you have to, you know, the school district will tell you that, okay, now that you filed this form, we're going to spend 15 days to evaluate it. Uh, we have, we actually have a letter from Corcoran's Department of Education that says uh, that the school district, that the parent is entitled on day one. The school district does have 15 days to evaluate it, but only because they're required by law to report it as an official bullying and to deal with the bully. And they have 15 days to come back to you, to the parent, and resolve your situation, your issue. If you accept their resolution, then end of story. But if you don't accept your resolution, you get one of two options. You, you can uh, get a government uh, stipend from the, from the state and send your child to another government school. Or you can get a, 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 the, the full scholarship where you get an $8,000, roughly $8,000 stipend to send your child to a private school of your choice. And, and when you do that, the school district loses the money for the $8,000. Good. That's exactly what this law does. When the state... Okay, so, so what we're doing is we're just starting a major campaign to make parents aware. Uh, and I gave you the example of the 20 kids that were sexually abused in, in Collier County. Every one of those 20 parents could go in tomorrow and file for this scholarship. How many, how many have? None, because the school districts are hiding it. School districts aren't telling parents that they could do this. The school districts are actually telling the parent when they come in, oh, okay, let, let, let me go evaluate your case, and then they come back 15 days later and say, no, no, we don't agree with your story, so you don't get it. Horseman has put out a letter making it very clear I can send you the letter if you want. Yep. It makes it very clear that all you have to do is file, and it, and, and and you are eligible on that day. Now, in, in last in the last year of 2017-18 that we have data for, 53,101 official cases of bullying were filed in the state. You want to guess how many uh, scholarships were awarded? Maybe a thousand. Three hundred and five. Unbelievable. Because the, 
because the school districts are hiding it. Right. Yeah. So let's, well, let's take them out. Keith, <laughs> Keith, there's no question that the changes are going to have to be made by parents with higher human capital. It's not going to be the 90%. It's going to be the more concerned parents that will make yeah. all these changes. Plus parents that are, are somewhat affluent and have the time to That's run a school. That's what I said, higher human capital. Yeah. And... Uh, but I see you see I see when you when you're talking with this volition I see that the money's at the heart of it and if the hope scholarship is taking the money away imagine in our case it was 1428 kids overcrowded school that 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 would have gotten $9600 the moment we won that election and taken away from the county and that would have been enough 9600 to run the school absolutely right. plus we had benefactors that were waiting yeah. for us to win, who didn't have children in the school, unfortunately. In other words, people supporting me says, yeah. hey, if you can pull this well, off, man, we'll donate, well, we'll match the surplus. Well, well, Keith, and we were going to build a new school. Part of Manny's problem here at Key Biscayne is that the parents, uh, were, even though they were wealthy, were not really Americans. They're not freedom-loving. They're all Latin American expats who are also very subservient in the face of uh, school bureaucracy. So we need to identify a community where you have really uh, freedom-loving, uh, self-reliant parents who want to take over their schools, because that no, was not I, I, the case. Uh, see, when you say it, when you frame the argument like that, you got to be looking for, yeah. that's not right, because well, that's, that's not true. Start. All parents will take back their schools if you make it easy to not well, have they, their children they abused. They didn't do it uh, in Key Biscayne. Because they had, they had teachers abusing them. Well, they didn't do it. But the teachers were in the law. The well, teachers right. were going to vote. The law has to be changed. Okay. But we also need parents who are going to be more involved. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think if you take the teachers out, the parents are discussing about themselves. In your case, the parents voted 83 to 3 against you. 83 nothing. One against parent. Against you. Check out how meaningful yeah. this is. The, there was one invalid vote. It was a parent, sorry, a teacher. There was also a parent of a child in the school. So she voted as a teacher and as a parent. Yeah. Quite frankly, it was two females and, and yeah. two males that had that condition. So I don't know which one of the four. I have well, an idea because I saw the handwriting on the ballot. But she voted yes as a parent, no as a teacher. Yeah. So her vote became invalid. The bottom line is the parents didn't do come through for you. No. Right. The teachers vetoed the parents. Well, it doesn't matter. Even if the teachers hadn't vetoed them, the parents... No, you're missing something here. And I, I, it's important that Keith understands that because he's in the he's in the weeds here like I was. When you know that the, that you can't win this... Oh, then you give up. You give up, okay. of course, because you don't want to be on the side of the losing side because your no, kid will be right, abused. Right. They watch my kid get abused. Yep, okay. The, the, and I put myself out there because I was patriotic enough to do it thinking that us, our Republicans weren't going to behave like they did. And they really did. The biggest fink of them all was Manny Diaz, who's presently Mr. Senator. Right. So we have work to do here, Keith. We're going to be in touch with you to follow up on this call. Okay. Yep. No, I think you're on our side. I just would like for you to be successful, and I know that you need this to be successful because you're probably in the game much more than I am. You know, I'm a retailer, I'm hardware store. I think I'm I'm a ha- I pretty much have ha- had it. You know what I mean? I'm 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 out of gas, but you are. You know, you got a sixty thousand man army. I just hope you use this as a tool to get what you want because this is the tool. You take the budget, you grab it, and you save the surpluses. And you know what's really beautiful about this? For those who don't have children in the school system, imagine if people save surpluses and start renovating their schools from within with their surpluses, 
and matching grants that'll come from neighborhood employers. Imagine the school bonds going down. Big school bonds for $1.1 billion like Dade County has now being reduced in half because half of the schools have been taken back by parents over a course of 10 years, 20 years, and that school bond goes down and stop pillaging the, the commercial real estate owner and the residential real estate owner. And that's the real magic spell. That's the, that's the thing that Ron DeSantis stood on his head when I told him. And I had intimate relationships with him in early 2016 when I met him. As you know, he was running for Senate. I think I was the first person to tell him that it's not going to happen, that Marco's going to run back to be a senator as soon as Trump runs him over. And I told him to wait, wait it out to be governor. And, and so it has. So he's waiting. So it's just a matter of can we, can we build the... understand that in the 2018 election in, in Florida, we have 13.5 million voters, right? Yes. We had 8 million vote in the 2018 election. That's, that's almost a record presidential election year in an off-year election. Yes. Do you, do you understand that we had 4 million of the 8 million vote for socialism? Yep. These are, many of these are parents. They, yep. 4 million voted for socialism. Yeah, they have not. I understand. They voted, they voted for sanctuary cities. Right. They voted for abortion on demand, and they voted for raising corporate taxes forty percent. You know, DeSantis only won by thirty-three thousand votes. And they were single parent, school choice parents. He won by, and he knows that. Yeah, well, he, he actually won that election. Everybody was put on the traditional folks were put on the oars, but he won that election because a black mom. Single parent black moms, absolutely. Black, black moms traditionally vote 2% Republican, and in that election they voted 12%. And I believe the school uh, choice was the decider. The tax credit scholarship was the decider. So what we're, what we're trying to do is use some of those positives to get to uh, the, the black moms and the Hispanic moms who, are, who know their kids' are, are future lives. Uh, yeah, they're falling behind big time. Okay, man. Well, you know, I hope we can uh, communicate again. And I believe we both have two shining bullets. We just got to put them in a double barrel. In a double barrel shotgun, a double barrel. Oh, I guess we can't use guns in in this narrative. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so, excuse me. Okay. So, we'll talk again. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. We'll be in touch. Okay, well, there you Manny. have it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we, I have a, a, a comment from a listener that he's, it's hard to hear the uh, caller. Oh my God! From in the earlier the conversation or the whole way through? Uh, uh, please reply to them. It's very important that I understand these things because this is electronic matter. It uh, requires an, a sound engineer to correct. So be very specific. Was in the very beginning, then it was my fault because of uh, I didn't adjust the volume. But if it was throughout the interview, please reply to him and say in the very beginning, did it get better at the end? That's very important that I know that because right. then I know it was me. Otherwise, then it's an electronic matter with inside the, inside the studio, which means it has to be clarified by an audio engineer. Anyway, our second, call, caller. our second caller is... Corey DeAngelis from Reason Foundation in L.A. 
This is WSQF, the Concrete Conservative. We're a special show today on school choice. Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? My name is Mac, and I'm with Ed Vidal. Hey, Mac and Ed. This is uh, Corey DeAngelis from the Reason Foundation and the Cato Institute. Well, we just had a, uh, co- a conversation with uh, a whole lot of reason, so uh, I'm hoping that you can uh, add to that. Um, tell us exactly what the reason's n- number one objection objective is in your present campaign school choice yeah thanks for having me i've been listening a little bit to your conversation with keith and it's been it's been great so far i agree with a lot of uh, what you guys have been talking about so far but with uh, reason foundation i mostly do research in school choice policy primarily private school choice but i also do research on on charter schools and i primarily look at non-test score outcomes because parents really care about uh, all these other types of outcomes for their students, such as educational attainment, earnings, and whether they end up as criminals when they grow up. So I, I do a lot of summarizing of that type of evidence, and it turns out to be largely in favor of school choice. Um, and that's mostly what I do at Reason. It's what I did at, uh, before I was at Reason at Cato Institute and then also at the University of Arkansas. So I've been doing a lot of the same stuff. But it's really just informing the public about all of these uh, benefits of school choice. So it's more of a database. It's not really changing legislation. In other words, we wouldn't go to you for the lobbying efforts. It's for the informative yeah, side. Also, they're out in L.A. Oh, my yeah, God, you're in Bolshevik, L.A. For, yeah, it's mostly for in, informing the public about the effects of these types of programs and, and just commentary in general about, about any type of legislation that, that might be be passed um, across the United States. So we really just look at we'll look at individual states when school choice legislation pops up to try to uh, inform the debate and oh. really uh, set the record straight whenever uh, the, the public. Uh, okay, is, Corey. So uh, are you you're familiar with uh, what are called parent trigger laws? California has a, a parent trigger law, and we're going to have the chairman of the California Policy Center calling in. But what we're trying to do here in Florida is that there's a statute that allows the parents to trigger, that is, to send a letter to the school district. And here in Florida, unfortunately, the school districts are the same as the counties. So we have some huge counties, and so we have some urban-style school districts in Dade County and Broward County. They're like the fourth and sixth largest. It's like the school districts in New York, Chicago, L.A. And so uh, so that you can imagine the bureaucracy, the government bureaucracy that we're dealing with, unionized government bureaucrats. So uh, one of the, one of the well, the, there's a parent trigger statute here in Florida, and that's been used by our host, uh, Mac on the Rock. But the problem with that statute is that it requires a positive vote, voting separately as separate classes, of both the parents and the teachers. And so that has blocked uh, the, the, most of the attempts to trigger here in, in Florida. So we're now starting to work, and you heard us talking to Keith about trying to amend the statute so that uh, all you need is the vote of the parents, not the teachers. And we suspect the teachers' unions got that block in there. So I wonder, what, where do you guys stand um, on the question of parent triggers, parents taking over the schools running them, and then they can make the, the curriculum choices, they can uh, stop the, the sexual mal- maltreatment, whatever it is. What do you, where do you guys stand on that as a policy uh, option? Yeah, so I, I won't speak for the 
speak for everyone at the Reason Foundation and the Cato Institute. I'll, I'll speak right. for myself. I don't want to guess what anybody else over there is, is thinking about this. And I really looked at this um, pretty deeply today and, and how it, the current law is. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, uh, especially with the, the statute requiring a majority of both teachers and parents separately. Right. Um, so I think your proposed change makes, makes a lot of sense to put it in the power into the hands of the parents, since it is called the parent empowerment law, but also because they're the customers of the service. They're the ones, they're the taxpayers right. paying for the service, and they're the ones that have to put their kids through the system that, for 13 years, that has really lasting impacts on the rest of their lives. So I think if anybody needs to have a more powerful vote, it should be the parents. Um, but in the current situation, this, let, let's just assume that the, the, the student-teacher ratio is 20 to 1. In the current law, the, the teacher's vote, each individual teacher's vote, is about 20 times the magnitude of the power of an individual parent. Vote. Right. And so, if anything, it should be one person, one vote. A, a teacher shouldn't be able to get a vote that's 20 times the voting power as, as a parent. So, so I, I like your proposed change, which is let's just put it into the hands of the parents. But, you know, if we even if we still allow teachers to, to, to vote as well. We should just lump them into one right. uh, one bin so that they don't get this this hugely disproportionate, uh, huge impact on, on the overall vote. Okay, so that'll be our, our plan B, because we really want to get the teachers mm-hmm. out of the voting. Well, originally, originally it was plan A, because the, the way the law is written now, and you can go to parentguardianshipschool.com to read it, the way the law is written now is and or or. And I'm sorry. It's it reads um, and so we were we were willing to reduce a three letter word to a two letter word, making and or. No, but that's a huge but, difference. Yeah. But the Supreme Court, in a recent case, already acknowledged, and I forget the name of the case, but uh, just recently, when they tried to do an amendment to the state constitution, the courts excluded a uh, school choice bill from a constitutional amendment because. Teachers are not stakeholders of a school. Right. And also the Fernandez Cristobal case versus Miami-Dade County, which is something you can look into, never made it to the appellate level because their freedom of speech was not abridged as employees of the school district. That was a case where the chancellor of the school district really disciplined and set aside a couple of principles that supported the school choice movement. The conversion. And and what the federal judge uh, said was basically those principles are employees and they don't have any rights. Uh, you know, the, they can be reassigned and get out, gotten out of the way. So that's providing the, they were paid yeah, the whole th- time. Yeah, right. So that that's not that's not the way to, for reform. The reform has to be that the parents control the election, and they are stakeholders because they're obviously taxpayers, whether they're tenants, whatever a, they have, they're the parents of the children, the customers. Yeah, they are. The, and, and, and in the current in the current way it's set up, it seems like. You know, you have nothing but a huge risk if you're a parent. And, and so it, it doesn't surprise me that not a lot of parents are coming forward to try this, that they already know they're going to lose. Right. Because the, the teachers, teachers will veto. separate ballot, and, and, and the teachers can just uh, retaliate against your kids. Right. Why, why would you come forward? Exactly what I was trying to emphasize with Keith. So you understood that. Now, do you have children yeah. in school yet? Say again? Do you have children in school yet? Oh, no, not yet. So but that t- And that brings the progressive virus driving down the birth rate. 
Yeah, I believe in. Uh, I believe that uh, these policies drives down the birth rate of the most intelligent groups among us. Therefore, yeah. there'll be nobody to pay Social Security tomorrow because of these stupid policies. If you fear to have children, it's many people fear to have families because they understand the system is collapsing from underneath. So you understood my arguments. I'm I'm, I'm relieved that you did because you're a researcher. And you understand that this is the bridge that gets us from here to there for all school choice advocates. You take back the money, you operate the school, you're buying new textbooks, you're putting the watchful eye under teachers, by the way, in Florida, already in the law. If they stay with the victorious parents, they keep their teachers' benefits. Their pensions. Including their pensions. Yeah, that's fine. Well, guess what? There were letters going out during my campaign that that was not... Well, of course. That was the, a lie. The, 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 and it's in the law. The you just read the law and you realize lied. I wasn't telling I was yeah. telling the truth. They were lying. So you waste a lot of time uh, answering rebuttals of stuff that's already in the law. Now, also, uh, uh, the word conversion to charter is in the present law. And I want to change the word charter. I want to get that out of there. Why? Because although it's a covenant and you do get it approved by the school board after you win the election, you have to get the covenant approved, what your your future school is going to be dedicated to, whether it's going to be a science school, a, a liberal arts school, whatever. You mean the curriculum has the to actual, be set. Yeah, it has to be approved by them, which okay. is appealable to the state, by the way. If the okay. county's That's fine. pissed off at you for taking their school away, well, you're going to get an appealable opportunity in Tallahassee. But... The word charter breeds a, uh, an unnecessary rebuttal because th- there's profit in yeah, charter. It's, it's become a highly politicized word. So right. To change it to something plus, else. So there's like a big... Di- yeah, plus there's a big distinguishing factor, which is when you win these elections, you don't pay rent to the county you just took their school building from, whereas a developer will charge those parents rent because they're building a building for you. So there's huge difference there. And only so in uh, Florida, the the charter schools are really for profit schools. Yes, they are. I because in New York they were not. I, I worked. Well, they a lot were there. They were New there York too. City. They were just written differently. In other words, the developer was yeah, the developer would just uh, draw himself a salary as he's building the school for the parents, and he's yeah, not allowed to make money at the end of the year because it's going to the next school year, so he never makes the money. And I'm not sure what the proportion is in Florida, but nationwide, I think for-profit charters are about 12 percent of the of the total, and the vast majority of charters nationwide, at least. I'm not sure that the specifics for Florida are about uh, you know 88 percent not 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 for profit. But I, I don't have any issues. Yeah, only in name only. <laughs> Well, they're not for profit, but they are for revenue. So the people running it get salaries yeah, and so exactly. on. Exactly. And someone who has to take a risk so on a construction that, that's loan. That's true in all the, the entire not-for-profit uh, sector, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they could not operate if people yeah. people couldn't make a living doing them. So uh, I do know that, for one, uh, how big is the parent revolution in California? Would you say that they're the, they're the bigger organization being funded by Gates, or do you feel like there's other groups that are stronger in California? Well, I would say the teachers' unions are stronger in California. I to be clear, I'm, I'm not based in California. Reason Foundation, uh, their headquarters is in uh, California, but luckily I get to work from home. Uh, but I'm living in D.C., so it's equally... Oh, you're in the swamp. Literally leaning over here. But. Oh, no, no, I, I meant to say Parent Revolution, not Teachers Union. Parent Revolution run by Gates. Well, oh, guess I'm what? Not, Bill Gates? Yes. I'm not uh, familiar with that group. Okay, cool. That means that they're losing steam. But they, su- they successfully, and this is what's 
This is what's really unfortunate about this school choice. When people run around the edges and ignore those who are getting to the heart of the matter, this is what happens. Charter now has been around in California for over 15 years, and guess what happened? Because we didn't do parent trigger, their unions can now participate in charter schools. So now you have the same union in, malaise in, California? in, ch- in, ch- in charter schools. So we so, should ask a next call. Teach, yeah, teacher's union in, in charter schools is uh, blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. I have yeah, some developed... Uh, so they're essentially trying to turn the, the privately operated charter schools into de facto public schools again. Absolutely. And guess who's ru- guess who's rushing to their aid when they start having financial problems because their teachers are being a pain in the you-know-what? It's the school district that starts running the back office right, of a charter. Right, right, right. Doral Downtown. Well, Armando in, Colina gave in, Carvalho the back office of Doral in Downtown. Chica- in Chicago, there are charter schools that are, were, are privately operated by, like, neighborhood uh, organizations but unfortunately, one of the neighborhood organizations in the Latino community has uh, agreed to let their teachers become unionized. So they're going to have the same problems that the public schools have. There you go. See, see, it's a complete bastardized thought process. They forget what drained the swamp, and then they get to a dry swamp, and they fill it up again with the same, the same dirty water that they had before. It is really amazing. Yeah, it's amazing that... Um... You know, the public school teachers in California and, and groups over there, uh, you know, maybe six months ago, I don't know how long it was, but last year they were striking, uh, or maybe that was earlier this year, they were striking for, you know, higher salaries, of course, and uh, better working conditions, smaller class sizes, but they were also striking against charter schools, which is funny. Um, yeah, as so de Blasio is only, in New York. <laughs> there's only five studies on, on the topic, and they find that when charter schools come into play uh, in the United States, the teacher salaries actually go up in the district sure. schools because the district uh, employers actually start to spend their money more wisely if they know that their employees can leave to another firm. So it's competition in the labor market leads to higher salaries for public school teachers. But I don't, I don't think a lot of people know that yet. Yeah, they don't like. Uh, nobody likes the... Uh... The, the the tide lifts all ships theory that holds true yeah. in every single industry, no matter where you look at it, no matter how long you analyze it, since the beginning of human history. It's just a, really amazing. Like Mr. Flaw, for instance, we started getting, uh, in, uh, started the conversation with the Hope Scholarship, and notice what, what got these people to investigate malfeasance. The money, losing the money. Therefore, Taking the entire pot for fourteen hundred kids times ninety six hundred dollars, if you win an election, my God, that would shake the system to its core. And guess yeah, what? Exactly. And there'll be neighborhoods that can't take back their schools. Guess what? You leave it to the district. You can keep on running those schools because those schools families are too dysfunctional. They'll never fire a trigger letter and they'll never organize to win election. Okay, so what? That's life in the big city. You guys keep on yeah. operating those schools. Absolutely. Now, there is one caveat that I will confess here on the air. 
There is a case that has to do with the DeVos family, who's Secretary of Education today, where she was so successful at school choice in Michigan that there was too many charter schools all at once, and guess what? They started marketing too aggressively to fill up their their mm-hmm. their academic roles, their communities. And then they started getting a little unethical on how they recruit kids to their charter schools. And that got really ugly because there were disadvantaged kids being left out on a waiting list and affluent kids kind of like kind of pay for play smelling kind of stuff where the affluent kids were were budding the line on the waiting mm-hmm. lists. And that could, that that's a sad story because that that w- it was across the state entirely across the whole state so she she obviously uh was going to get the blunt of that during her confirmation hearing and thank god she was able to overcome it but uh that was a true that's true about charter that they do have to market their kids while the school's being built and the developer is on the under the gun per se because the parents as passionate as they are with their charter in their hand they got approved by the school board they still are looking to the developer to, f- to finish the school on time, and the developer who's uh, inviting them into his school building is only getting funded one grade year at a time. So naturally, if he's building six grades, he's building the school for the six grades, but the state will not fund him for all six grades. So he will only fund, they will only fund, on a probationary period, the amount of students in the grade. In other words, if there's 80 kids in seventh grade, you'll get 80, 80, 80 tabs. Then you get 160 tabs next year because now there's a 7th and an 8th grade. Meanwhile, he's making mortgage payments on his development for the full building. So you got to understand that part of it. That's why developers, quite frankly, who pull this off, deserve every penny they, they've earned because they really did take a big, they hedged the bet that parents will... Yeah, I, I think Betsy DeVos gets the, you know, too much of a hard time, especially for charter schools in, in Michigan. And I think a lot of the the comparisons that are made about Michigan are faulty because people will, they'll, they'll for example, uh, look at average test scores in Detroit and say, look, they have a lot of charter schools, and then compare them to places like Massachusetts where they just have um, more advantaged uh, families and, and students living there. Um, so I, I think a lot of these comparisons are faulty. I've actually done a study on uh, Michigan's charter schools looking at about 92 different cities in Michigan. Uh, I partnered with Mackinac's uh, Ben DeGroo, their, their director of uh, policy over at Mackinac, and we found that charter schools in Michigan, using publicly available data, were about 36% more uh, cost-effective uh, and, and produced a better return on investment for taxpayers than the traditional public schools in the area, even after controlling for differences in students uh, uh, as well. So I think Devon gets kind of a... A bum rap. That, that even though their, their charter schools are actually doing pretty well. And you talked a little bit about uh, charter school fraud, how that occurs. I, I think that can actually be explained by economic theory as well. You talked a lot about the wait lists. Um, and it's true when uh, in, in the traditional public school system, there's monopoly power that's generated by residential assignment and funding through property taxes. But with charter schools, there can be instances where there's monopoly power as well, and that's when supply is, is very, in a very short strip compared to demand uh, when there's wait lists, for, for example. I think one of, that's one of the shortcomings of charter schools is they can't change their tuition levels like private schools can uh, to eliminate those wait lists. Yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, 
it, it, what's comforting to to know the end gap or the end the end argument is simply this: when there's a parent that's rebutting you about charter, hey, but charter, some of them go out of business. I go, yes, precisely, yeah, they go out of business. Yeah, there's many public schools that are completely out of business and they graduate students every year. And that's the big difference. When a charter school fails, they close. When a public school fails, they keep on graduating people. And that's a that's really damaged the United States. Well, I thank you very much for your call, man. That was uh, enlightening. I'm glad you validated some of our points. Uh, yeah, keep in touch, Corey. Thank you very much. Great, great talking to you guys. You bet. We're doing the best we can. All right. Have a great one. Take care. So as you can see, man, we're on to something. So Blink Radio can actually amount to something As in, a political the, movement. in the political sphere. We need to get some uh, more legislators to uh, be backing us up, so I'll see what I can do in that sense. But Unfortunately, it can't be me. No, no, that's fine. And then um, we need to, to you know, work, maybe we, should, we need to work with Keith to... Uh, this, uh, this is could be anything. No, no, no. This is this is. Uh, Are you having a senior moment? Bob, yes, Bob what? Lowen from the California Policy Center. Okay, he's he, done the parent. Yeah, that, was, that was a biting moment there. Okay, this is the Concrete Conservatives on WSQF ninety four point five. You're speaking to Mac and Ed Vidal. Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? It's Bob Lowen calling from the California Policy Center in California. Thank, thank you, you very calling. much. Yeah, thank you. We we really appreciate your calling because here in Florida, we're working with a parent trigger law that has some defects that we're working with the legislature to see if we can fix it. But I know that in California, they have a different parent trigger uh, statute, and, and we'd like to hear from you uh, what your experience has been out there. Well, uh, you know, our, I think your parent trigger law, when, it, when you get it fixed, uh, the way you I've been listening a little bit to your program, uh, will be a lot better than ours. Uh, our, our parent trigger law has uh, a lot of pro-union uh, hedges in it uh, that uh, make it really kind of ineffective uh, for us. It's only been used a handful of times. Because uh, it's petition-based, correct? Because huh? it's petition-based. And the school board has to approve it once the petition is fully signed? Yeah. Let me yeah, that's impossible. You. <laughs> you want me to describe to you how it works? Yes. Yes, please. They built in this thing that, the, that, that has to be completely overseen by the school district. Most of the time, the school district is kind of owned by the union. Sure. And, and the, uh, so the parents have to go out and, and get a certain number of signatures, and they have to do it a certain way. There's lots of litigation initially how they would do it, and they undid a lot of them but through litigation. Uh, and, uh, and, and then they, uh, once you get uh, a petition that, that, that you know, follows all the rules the right way. Uh, then the parents start asking to remove their names. In our in our case, we don't have to.
economic districts um, of California, and that's the reason that, that they always take place in those districts, the inner cities essentially. And uh, uh, the, uh, but even then, the uh, when the parents come forward and they choose a um, uh, a charter school management, uh, all of our charter schools, by the way, in California are uh, nonprofit. You can't be for profit uh, charter school organization. Uh, so they're all 51c3. And uh, uh, those, uh, uh, the charter school management, they go up in front of the district. The district can turn them down and just say, you're not suitable, and basically for any reason. Yeah, so, so, so you have one, one management company that dominates this fear because once you've approved them once, how can they tell you you can't be approved the second do they, time? Do they even have management companies? Yeah, they probably do. Parent Revolution is probably one of them. I don't know, but most, most, of, the, most of the charter schools, California is a very well-developed, charter school industry uh, and actually our charter schools our, our public charter schools are actually really excellent and what just to want to correct the record on one thing you guys were talking about earlier uh, our charter schools by and large are not unionized there have been a very heavy push by the unions to try to unionize them and it's been fought like crazy by the people that uh, right. are on the pro charter side we have really so there's no legislation is that what you're saying uh, well, the legislation has been really, we've been fighting like crazy on that, and there was a compromise made that's kind of protected. We, I think we kind of came out okay on this last legislation. Uh, but, the, but the legislation did pass. But, but, yeah, the legislation passed, but it could have been a lot worse, I guess is what I would ah, say. okay. The, unions I, have been fight, the reason the union has been fighting charters so hard is because charters have been showing them up and have been you know, basically threatening their monopoly. Sure. Uh, but charter schools, you know, we have, in California, as you know, we have a, a, uh, a single-party state, and, uh, and so without Demo- without Democrats who really care about the kids, or big donor Democrats, uh, we could not be sustaining the charter schools that we sustain. So I want to give credit to some of those guys. I myself am a Republican, conservative Republican, uh, but we team up with Democrats all the time on this stuff. And uh, not all Democrats are good, but these guys are they're real good on this issue. Well, and, it's a love for children that drives the train, I suppose. You still got to love, you know, no matter what your politics is, a parent is a parent. They should want to have their children employed and making a living and having a life, you know. So it, it starts with education. Yeah, ed- education is the key, and everybody recognizes, these people all recognize at the end of the day that the unions are making a mess of our schools. Yeah, it, uh, they make a mess of just about everywhere they go uh, in the in the public sector. I don't have a, such an It's funny because I don't have such an issue for labor unions in the private sector because of the on-the-job training that private sector unions uh, conduct themselves in a manner which keep electricians trained, keep structural engineers trained, ditch diggers trained, because they have to or else they lose money. It's funny because when the union movement started in the 1930s and the New Deal, Franklin Roosevelt and Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia in New York were both against public sector unions. Yeah, it's taxpayers striking against taxpayers. It's ridiculous. Yep. Well, no, now, is there any is there any other little tidbit in California that we need to know about and why doesn't ballot-based parent trigger come to be uh in California? Who who could grab the baton? I would love to see this law passed in California even before it's amended in Florida. Well, it will never happen in the state legislature because the state legislature is completely owned by the teachers union. Right. So Okay, and the ballot initiative process is something that you'd have to work toward 
and and so we're working on we're working on grassroots right now. You know, we're working on on building that up, and I think that um, uh, you know we're doing pretty well at getting. First of all, you have to educate the public to make them recognize, you know, that, that their schools are terrible, and uh, that that they that there are things you can do to change it, you know. And uh, so right now, the biggest thing we've had to do is to defend our charter schools, you know, defend what we have. Right now, there's there's only two forms of uh, parent choice, school choice uh, available in California. One is charter, public charter schools, and the other is uh, homeschooling. And both of those were under attack uh, in the most recent legislation. And the uh, California Charter Schools Association, which is a very well-funded organization, fought that tooth and nail through lobbying and just barely scraped through with, uh, with a, a reasonable compromise that, that allowed us to stay alive with the charter school movement. And that's going to come under attack again. Uh, and so what we have to do is through a grassroots effort, we have, a, we have an organization at California Policy Center, one of our projects is called the Parent Union. And uh, we do that mostly in the uh, lower socioeconomic uh, uh, areas where people, as, as I think you guys pointed out, that uh, even in your state, that the, the school districts uh, backed by the unions basically uh, hide from the parents, you know, how bad their schools are. And uh, uh, what we do is we educate the parents as to how bad their schools are. We teach the parents what the alternatives are in terms of charter schools, in terms of uh, homeschooling, uh, and we uh, and we get them uh, active, and uh, and we and we also have courses for them uh, on how to become empowered and how to how to uh, you know speak up for their kids and become more active uh, in their kids' education. And uh, we're trying to expand that. And the, the, once you have enough people in that uh, you know at the grassroots or, uh, level. Uh, then it's time to expand out and uh, and and uh, either do more school choice, uh, which I think is what we've been heading toward. I don't think anybody's thought about trying to do uh, this parent trigger idea. It's the first time I've heard of it, actually, so I was listening to you guys. So it's something we'll have to think about. Yeah, it's the only state that has it, and it's the only way we can get this done because we don't have any more time. I mean, I was, I was telling Ed in the very beginning of the show today that – uh, this started in Minnesota. It started in a liberal state. It started in a, in a state that uh, uh, you would think uh, it wouldn't start, and it started in 1979. And today, uh, all these years later, it's only 10% of the student body nationwide. So it would take 60 years to get to 50% of the, of the student body nationwide. And this country does not have that time. The, the highest-paying tech jobs today in America or 65% of them are going to foreign educated students. Uh, there's another, uh, uh, fathom this math, okay? India and China both graduate 1 million engineers of all trades out of their countries annually, of which 70% are unemployed, okay? The United States graduates 78,000 engineers in all trades. How many are from American high schools of the 78,000 graduating from universities in all? Yeah. 28,000. Now, are they that good? No. A million of them from India and China are coming to take those jobs, period. Because they're, they're studying engineering out of, right out of kindergarten. Or, or the work is being outsourced to uh, India. Or, or, or the work is being <clears throat> outsourced to India like... Somebody I know. Uh-huh. 
who's sitting here with a Stanford jersey on, by the way. He's got a <laughs> he's got a Make America Great hat, red, and a Stanford not jersey T-shirt. What are you, a coach? Polo or shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he's he's color coordinated, and then of course he's got a really big Texas star on his belt buckle. But he says he's a Floridian, and then he's no, a, I didn't say I was a Floridian. I'm a Texan. He's a Texan, yeah. Here on the Concrete Conservative, showing its cracks. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your call. I hope you call again. And uh, and I really believe that if you guys go to the website, uh, Parent Guardianship School, you can see how the law is written and underlined on the statute. You can see underlined like in a good old attorney that I am, not. Uh, you can see that uh, the underlined language is the added language to make the law transparent and, and an American voting law so that the if you guys pass it, my God, it would be a miracle. And I believe we'll, in miracles. We'll try to do it in Florida first. I would like to shun, quite frankly, at this point, I would like to shun the uh, Floridian, uh, the uh, Florida legislator and watch a big state, Texas, California, New York, you know, any of the three Bolshevik states. It would be really cool to see them pass, you know, direct ballot parent trigger. That would be uh, well, uh, uh, really hilarious. They're not going to do that because the teachers unions are too strong. Hey, guess what? They started in Minnesota. Never, never say never. You that's never right. Say. Charter started in a liberal state, and uh, I, that's all I can tell you, man. I, because Florida really should be the trailblazer, but considering that I've been by myself for so long, and it's very hard to get traction. Remember how upset I was over what happened to me and my daughter. That it it was the it was the precipice for building this radio station, so I could speak freely. I didn't want to be shut up. Um, but even then, it's hard to get people to understand how personal it was to for me, and I wanted to be personal to you, and I wanted it to be personal for Keith. I don't know if we're upset enough if we can't realize that the only way to get there from here with all these great ideas, yours, his, everybody else has talked, there is only one way. It's with the money. So let's take the money. Let's get the money. Parents should have the money to run these schools as they fit. And as they see fit, and then guess what? They hire their principals, and that principal hires teachers. But the teachers and the principals both know they could be fired by a group of parents. So let's do this, man. Uh, it sounds like a good idea. I'm on your side with it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether we can do it in California. I hope you can do it in Florida. And uh, it sounds like an interesting idea. We'll take a look at it. Yeah, parentguardianshipschool.com. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Ed, you know, you know how many times you've you've done the shh symbol to me? When the authority on this is the, the speaker, the host of the show, not the people calling in, they need to learn. I'm willing to let them talk, but I'm informing them about something they don't know, and you keep on going shh. Let like, them talk. Let the guest talk. I understand the guest needs to talk, but at the same time, on this issue, this issue alone, uh, come on, man. Hello? There's a $18,000 website with $8,000 worth of firewall protections on a site that's hacked 100 times a day with servers in a foreign country. Speaks volumes of what I'm trying to do here. That's good. Plus a radio station to mouth off about this incredible book. By the way, the book is called TheFiscals.com. The Fiscals. T-H-E-F as in Freddie. I as in I love you. S as in Sam, C as in Charlie, A as in Alex, L as in Larry, S as in Sam.com.
Okay, so we should coordinate with Keith here in Florida because we need to work on the legislative drive to reform the statute. So that's that's the first thing. The other thing is I've been I'm reaching out and having talks back and forth with the James Madison Institute in Tallahassee. They're a libertarian think tank here in Florida, and they support school choice. But they don't know that there's a direct. They don't path. know. They they did not know, and I just informed them this afternoon. It's that, a it's a it's mind boggling to me. Well, that we'll see what happens. I'm talking to their president <sighs> and their uh, director of communication. So we'll we'll see what their response is. I'm going to try to get them on here in a couple. And of what weeks. should you be saying? Thank God someone was willing to use this abomination of a law. Absolutely. Otherwise, we couldn't even talk about it. Kamikaze. Uh, Kamikaze Mac. Mac, yes. Kamikaze your Mac. Daughter, no. Your daughter will My daughter's a real hero, man. Harassment. Yes, I agree. She took the teacher. She told her flat out, you're wrong. Fifth grader. Good. You're wrong. Everything you're saying about my dad's idea is to make the school better. This is like she was in Cuba and she had to There's stand no up entrance the... exam. There's no waiting list. All the kids stay here. They don't get bussed off the island. Because we're a barrier island out here. For those who don't know, Cuba's Cane is 15 minutes off the coast of Miami on a causeway called Rickenbacker Causeway. We didn't have a high school for 60-something years. We incorporated in 1991. And this effort, quite frankly, was the alternative if they didn't build us a high school on a barrier island on the way here on the Rickenbacker Causeway. I was threatening the conversion. The charter effort originally was going to be the conversion from a K-8 center to a K-12. Once they built me the high school, and I was already, once I got elected PTA president, just so happens they announced the interlocal agreement to build the high school called Mast Academy. And as such, I said, what the hell? Let's at least use this law to create the legal president to have it changed because I knew I was going to be bludgeoned. And mind, mind you, I'm a single parent, meaning I'm divorcee. Therefore, I took a, uh, a considerable a risk to have my child t- abused in school. When you're divorced, that's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. You understand? No, I know. She, and I've met her. She's very courageous. Not only courageous, but she's at Mass Academy, senior year, and she's a lovely lady who is now solid 5'10". Yep, and she wants to be a veterinarian. A veterinarian, and she's gung-ho about it. All she right. made me very happy that's the case. And then she can operate on some of the animals we saw in this process, mm-hmm. you know, because it really is it really is amazing to me that so many people with a much higher level of education than I are completely oblivious to a direct ballot parent trigger law called the Florida Parent Empowerment Law that is really a Florida Teachers Empowerment Law because of the way it's written. Well, that's the way the progressives work. They call something one thing, and it's really another. Absolutely. But in this case, it wasn't even promulgated when Lawton Childs passed it. He let it just sit there. Never was talked about it again. He didn't sign it? He signed it into law. Yeah. But without voting guidelines. Remember, all laws are passed without promulgation. The deep state, administrative state that you talk about all the time, the administrative state, promulgates these laws. We could solve all these problems in America if we just pass a law saying all legislation passed in Congress must be promulgated before they're passed. So everybody has to read all the nitty-gritty of each law, which makes the passage of less laws in a package of legislation okay. likely if you've got a pad. Imagine if Obamacare's all the, its intricacies were out in the open. Well, as Nancy Pelosi said, we have to pass the law to, to find what's out what's in it. in it. Right. Exactly. That's the point we're making here. So now we're at 625. 
And does that mean we have no more ammo because I let the guest talk too much? Yeah. Well, you you didn't let the guest talk enough. You think you think that was the case? Yeah, I think absolutely. You didn't let them talk enough. So Keith didn't talk enough about what well, he was. Well, Keith doing. talked plenty. He had he had the whole thirty five minutes. Uh, but I think some of the other guests, especially the last guest, you could have let him go on. Tell he was running out California. of gas. No, he was talking about California. That's always a. There's a lot of interesting. And one party. Stuff See how comfortable he was being a Republican in a one-party system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It's amazing how they accepted that as. I mean, that's guns blazing kind of thing. I mean, that's time to take out the Calvary, because of that. What's it called? Jumbo primaries or jungle primaries? Ju- jungle, right. jungle. <laughs> Can you believe the that? The other problem is uh, ballot harvesting, where they go and pick up the ballots. Yeah, from the and voters. put it in the dumpster when they realize you're a Republican. Right. Unbelievable. And the thing is that you're so willy-nilly about it. What's the rule behind that? If you can't make it to the polls, we'll come and get to ballot right, for you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you got to go to the polls. you got to do something to be a free citizen. Otherwise, you're a serf in California. Well, I think... S-E-R-F. I, I think, uh, I think uh, Alexander Hamilton also had that one right about voters should have been left for just property owners. Well, absolutely. I mean, certainly people who are on welfare shouldn't be getting uh, a right to yeah, vote. Yeah, because they have a conflict of interest. They have right a there. conflict of interest right there. Massive conflict of interest voter, which is a, a vast majority of Americans have some kind of benefit from the government. you got to add Social Security to that, too. Even well, though, no, Social Security you paid for. Yeah, but it's... it's you paid for it. I agree that it, you paid for it originally, but... Medicare, you paid for, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, so, but if you, the other... See, that's why even Franklin Roosevelt structured Social Security as... As not just an, a giveaway, it was something that you earned. Well, what originally there was it was well, originally there was a lock. There was box. a matching. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, wait. Explain that to the audience because I don't know. Well, when Social Security was first introduced in 1935, you did have an account because, of course, there were a lot of people were contributing, very few people were drawing. But it was in the 1960s that the Social Security Trust Fund started uh, lending its money to the to the federal government. To, getting, this, to this day. Right, to this day. And that's where the uh, the funding issue has come up. But no, but everyone has theoretically an account, and you do contribute to it in your salary or Yeah, and or if otherwise. it were to make you 5%, we'd all be millionaires instead well, of getting media. Right, right, right. Now, the Chilean model for Social Security is to give everyone an IRA. So you put it into an IRA, and you invest it, hopefully... In, a, in an index fund that uh, will not crash. And then so then everyone has his own account. That works until you have Argentina, where the government confiscated yeah. all those private uh, retirement accounts and gave you instead. Uh, and what did the people do? Oh, they didn't have any guns. They came to Key Biscayne. Yeah, uh, they, no, they didn't. No, they didn't have any guns. That's, that's actually a good answer. That's actually right. That is actually true. In fact, the guys who confiscated are the ones who came to Key Biscayne. That's right. Uh, see, the, yeah, the problem in Key Biscayne is the, the parents need to become more American and kind of stand up You're for themselves. You're absolutely wrong. No? They just need they to. They were afraid to, to vote against. They knew the teachers were going to win. Not only that, they knew that they could not win, period. Okay. So I think the problem is that that statute is well-intentioned, but... The teachers' union lobbyists got a hold of Lawton Childs and said, "You got to give us a separate vote." And that, I think it was not even that. I think they did that to uh, Charlie Crist. Charlie Crist's people, okay, that didn't be. mind the store and allowed the administrative state that has right. been there throughout the whole thing. Because remember, people them. who people who don't get it don't get it. They don't, right. don't get it forever. Right. We have someone here who's on the same page with us, yet. 
it's the very term limits that make his life difficult. I say it so many times at Convention of States, and you all still don't get it. You still rather have no, term no, limits no, no. as we'll a reactionary see. position for stupidity of your own doing. The problem is not term limits in this country. It's never going to be term limits. It's the administrative state. It's the administrative state and the size of the damn government. Mm-hmm. You need to reward people who are good at what they do. At the same time, you have to create monitor the money, monetary thresholds to run for re-election by attendance record. Okay. And you guys laugh at that too. And that's uh, why uh, Steve Jobs used to say, oh, what is it, the, squ- uh, the square pegs and the round holes, or was it the round holes and the square I pegs? We just don't fit. But guess what? We're the odd ones, and chances are we'll change things. You have to have people sitting in Congress, sitting in their chairs, voting from their actual chair, not going down to hit the ballot box, voting electronically with their fingerprints, proving that they were sitting there, Punching in, yeah, punching out then, like the rest of us. Then they, they need to be uh, able to go out and raise funds. They're only to the bathroom. Doing. They're only allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and they have to come right back like a kid in school. And guess what? They will turn themselves out because it's dreadful. Mm-hmm. Veterans Day, Muscular Dystrophy Day, Red Ribbon Day, Cancer Day. They'll be exhausted. And guess what? Money goes away from the campaign because they don't have no time to raise the money. It's all organic. And you guys don't even see it. And therefore, I'm the most important man in America. Why aren't they giving me a beer, a beer I commercial? I Barack Obama. No, 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 no. Or no. the whistleblower. Monica? No, this guy. Oh, you forgot about Clinton's whistleblower. Yeah, she had, yeah he, she had, he had the <coughs> best whistleblower. Not really. Could have been better. But at least the age difference was there, you know? Yeah. <coughs> you know, I got him reelected. I mean, it, it is what it is. So now... Why can't we organize 30 minutes of banter between you and I? Sure. Why don't you tell me what you want to banter about? And I already bantered about a bunch of things, like you telling me to shut up every five seconds. Yeah, let the let the guys talk. <coughs> On school choice? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yep. We're going to have the floor, uh, the uh, James Madison. You know, remember the Hot Wheels, like in the Hot and Wheel the track? Ed Choice is another institution it's in not you. It's not about you, is it? Ed Choice? No. It's a, it's an institution there. I guess they're... They follow Milton Friedman's uh, a voucher program, and I'm trying to get them to call in, too. Even the voucher system. That's yeah. uh, that's around the edges. It's all cute stuff. No, because uh, if the parents have the money, then they have the money. I can't argue with that. It's yep. about the money. Yep. But it won't change and reinvent the public school system. Well, Remember, I'm if, all about reinventing. If they can take their, their voucher to any school they want, then that will cause the schools to have to adapt to what the parents want. No, it won't. No? It'll do exactly what happened in the university. It'll just raise the tuition. Well, because they're getting no. a voucher. Well, <laughs> it's, ah, it's, it's a busted. voucher for say ten. You're busted, bro. You're busted. That, no, no, no. In the you uni- guys don't get it. In the universities, they have loan loan guarantees. And guess what? Their intuition skyrocket because they get yep. the loan guarantee. Sixty percent right. of all federal aid is captured by colleges and universities. That's the latest economist uh, did that study. I don't know. Richard I don't. Better. I don't know why you're so far away from the microphone, but that's oh, why people. Okay. Te- that's why people text and say. No, you can't they hear. said they couldn't hear uh, the callers. I believe that that is a problem of this particular microphone. I have a bill because it wasn't. The, it's not the first time. And if you guys are having any issue with audio, please let me know. Yeah, because send it in. We, don't have, it in. we don't have a tech. In fact, if you're having problems right now, 1-844-645-9773 If you're out of 
the Miami-Dade County area. It is what it is. You know, there's there's situations where the the least brightest among us mm-hmm. get it. Uh, absolutely, that is definitely your case. Yes, that is my that is yes. my case. Yes. So, I don't know how many times we've had people on this show that are very prominent, that somehow, some way, because they don't know me, talk on the show. The real question is, will Keith call us back knowing that I'm the guy that Well, I'll follow up with Keith. I think there's a lot of work that we have to do with Keith, not just on the radio. That's 60,000. I could never have done that. Well, that's right. So he's got a real, uh, he's made a real achievement, and uh, he has other people. Roger Russin is probably going to be his Dade County uh, coordinator. Roger's a fantastic email blaster. Yep, yep, Roger. So uh, we need to get together with them and really launch a legislative campaign. The only thing they can use me for- is for that testimony in front of the right. education committee. Right. That's it. Because it's testimony. Well, we we're hoping to get Because right started. now I feel really bad. And I want you to feel just as bad as no, I do. I don't. Because I've created a legal precedent in opposite of what I attempted. No, it's, you're not opposite anything. Well, yeah, I've galvanized the teacher's vote in that law because you freaks don't want to amend it. Well, we do want to amend it. No, you're taking too long. Well, I'm not taking. Come long on, I at built all. a radio station in the mean, in the interim. That's taking too long. Well, but you have to work with the legislative process, and that's the way it is. Look at the convention of states. We have 15 states, and you know we're working hard on the others. Yeah, and by the time we get the others, and the first 15 want to. Re- no, no, no. We work, the, uh, we work on that. We work on that. That's why in Florida we stay on top of the legislature. This reminds me of the petition-based prevent. parent trigger. Once you get the petition, you go to the school board, and some parents are screaming, get, yeah, me, no, off the, get me off the list! Right. Also, uh, you need, you're going to have to start this with parents who are educated, uh, high income, and so... Not necessarily so, well, man. Stop it, saying that. It's not yeah. a select or anything. The school that's sucks. Where you start. That's All where you, you start. need are people like me in the school. It doesn't matter the income level. Okay. It's got to be Titans of Slade, Fast and Furious... Uh, people that just might be might be perceived as villains, and they don't give a damn. Okay, so let me let me make sure I have the the name. We're going to work with Keith. We're going to work with Jennifer Sullivan. She's a house rep. She's a, she, she's a house rep from Eustace, Florida. Okay, and then Tad Altman. Where, where Thad, 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 Thad Altman. He's, he's in the Melbourne? Cape Ca- Ca- yeah Cape Canaro, Melbourne. Yes, those are house members in the Senate. I have the faintest idea, other than. Galvano, who's a big boy, and a, he's the president of the Senate. Yes. Okay. That person has to be approached, but I guarantee you it would be oil and water if I approached it. Okay. I already, I, I, so we have to work with Keith. It has to be someone who makes him feel important, makes him feel significant, and I'm not that person. I'm just. And Keith was saying that we have statutes in place in Florida that require the local school districts to do things like. Teach basic uh, civics, keep out pornography, uh, 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 respect religious liberty, and stuff like that. And, and he says it's it's not being they're not being done because you have these unionized government bureaucracies that no, there's no there's no accountability. Right. There's no there's no slapping of the hand. There's no money involved. There's no fines for not doing it. Right. There's no uh, there's no fines for now, not doing it. Now imagine if you could revoke a parent's guardianship school. Parent guardianship school, if they didn't do these things, <gasps> parents will start doing it right away. They'll incorporate it into the curriculum like that. They'll get rid of the pornography in a second. Oh, my God, we're going to lose. We remember the fight. Right. And guess what? Organic again. Put the fire under the parent. And guess what? When their kid, when that school fails, 
Because it might it's be their the one. It's your fault. Right. You can't go to the school board and say it's their fault. And one lady told me that. We had the same publisher for the book. She was published by the same people. And they invited us to Philadelphia to listen to the pitfalls and the, the encouraging and the discouraging signs of publishing your own book because mm-hmm. we were all self-published people. Right. And uh, the, the narrator uh, kept on hammering me because I was kind of aggressive in my mm-hmm. response to him, kind of like not believing his BS. And I was making people nervous. And it was a small group. It wasn't a large group of us. It was maybe 18 or so, 20 uh, authors. And, in fact, Anna Belen Montes' uh, uh, prosecutor was was writing a book about surveillance and the corporate, how to do corporate, uh, okay. legal corporate surveillance. Anna he, Belen Montes was a Cuban spy in America, right? Puerto yeah. Rican. She was a Puerto Rican spy for Cuba in America. Okay, yep. But she was Puerto Rican. She was a classy, demokami, you know, Fidel-loving. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I like to think she's a little bit more intelligent than her, but yeah, yeah. you know, number three in DIA. I mean, she was a big girl. Okay. Well, anyway, her the guy who caught her in within the DIA uh, was writing a book, and I got to spend the weekend with him. It was very cool the stuff he told me, and how he told me, and he was very familiar with Miami and everybody in our and the people. Mm-hmm. And I name dropped, and he name dropped, and I I had an incredible time speaking with him. Well, the lady once. Uh, one one lady in the group, she was writing a book about, uh, she had a radio program. Okay. So I thought that was cool. That caught her attention because I hadn't turned this thing on yet, but I told her I already had the license and I'm working on the antenna and all this. And all because I lost my freedom of speech for one mile. Well, mm-hmm. she was getting, you know, she was shaking in her chair by the third day, which was, I believe, the Sunday, the last day, which was going to be just a morning. And then we everybody go home and catch their planes home. She ripped into me. She just exploded. And he goes, I'm tiring of you badgering the public school system. Like, if you've got this magic bullet, let me tell you something. You know why you're going to fail? And I'm thinking a major, a major criticism is coming my way. She goes, parents don't want to blame themselves. They need someone to blame for their kids' failures. And people started clapping. And I smiled. She goes, you're right on the money. Keep on going at it and keep that attitude of yours because if you had pissed me off, I imagine you're pissing everybody else off because you're 100% right. Parents are very comfortable with a school system teaching their kids poverty. Think really? about that. That's a substantive statement. And she goes, take it from me. I do radio in my community. I already knew that because she had said that in other, in, other for, you know, in other moments during the week. But take it from me. I get my call-ins. And believe me, our public school system, and I live in Pennsylvania, so trust me when I tell you, we teach poverty in our public school system. Why? Because they eliminate creativity. Right. Okay? They eliminate profit. Profit's bad. Profit's greed. That's teaching poverty. Right. That's well, a, they're, they're unionized government bureaucrats. This is it, man. This, this, is, this is what's going on. I, don't, I can't tell you. You know how how important it is, and we don't have those sixty years. There's already what seventy nine minus two thousand nine, nineteen seventy nine minus two thousand nineteen. How many years has it been? That's forty years. That's it. Yep. Forty years. Yep. So it would take forty years at ten percent of the students. Yeah. So it would take too long. Yeah. It would take sixty years to get. So we need to to accelerate the privatization of the government schools. It's two percent every five years, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So to get to 50%, I remember doing this math once because I wrote it in my book. 
I think it was 60 years to get the hack the student. I can't wait to read that book. How's it coming along? Well, considering that I was editing the online version the other day, and the verbosity was really disgusting. Okay. And I fixed it perfectly. And because it's a new software, because it's a new site that Grammarly? has better font. Grammarly? No, that sucks. Grammarly is the biggest fraud on the planet. Unless, okay. And I got premium. Uh, once they fix a, a, a group of sentences, right. and you okay it because it's perfect English, it'll throw off everything else you did, the narrative. Okay. Grammarly only works if uh, your editor is not depending on it to fix right. your work because okay. they know your writing style. All right, so why don't you send me the parent guardianship chapter, and I'll look at it myself. I, I could do that. Email it, and I'll I'll make revisions and send it back. Like, for instance, I fixed it today. Okay. But when I go to upload it, it disappears because it's a new software that I'm not familiar with. Uh-oh, okay. I'm so upset. You don't want to disappear your book, right? I, I stop. I'm, I won't go back in there. I won't do it. I can't believe that I was set up like this by my webmaster, I'm saying, and of course, I'm making a call where he's five hours ahead of me. Okay. He's in another faraway place outside of the United States. And thank okay. God he speaks English. Okay. But I find it really odd. So he's, he's in England. No. Okay. Farther. Iceland. Farther. Okay. England is five hours away. The continental Europe is six hours. Well, South Africa. Oh, okay. That's good. That Cape is, Town? Cape Town? You know, that part I don't know. Okay. I've never visited him there. I met him here, though, South, South Florida. His servers were already over there when we met. That's he fine. Decided I, to be, I know several outsourcing, especially legal well, outsourcing in And he uh, was South military Africa. intelligence. Cape Town, a, probably. But, as a young boy, as a young man, he was mm -hmm. military intelligence. Uh, he had an affinity for um, conservatism. He really cracked up, and he was like, even before you, he told me that Donald Trump is going to win this thing hands down. He told me way before anybody. He goes, if that guy runs, he hasn't even run yet. That guy run that's doing the, the natural birthright thing of Obama, he's obviously sticking his head out there. Right. And he's got that look that he looks so different from everybody else because of his blonde head. And he already has that TV show. Everybody right. knows well, who he, he is. He's going to win this. If he runs for president, it's going to be, uh, what he said, a ship show. You know what I really want to yeah. say. And uh, I'll never forget him. And that we had just started... Uh, uh, conversing about this site, and I it was a very simplistic, lovely site, okay. and I could edit it easily. And then, with the excuse, probably the money, excuse to upgrade it because my my hackers were getting better. And I go, well, you know, what's so what's so? Trust me, they're starting to crack the code. Mm -hmm. I have to believe him. It's that simple. I have to believe okay. him. I can't question him because what the hell do I know? I don't know anything about that stuff. So if he's telling me they're cracking, and he gives me some examples of things that were misread, I mean miswritten. I go, how could they have done that? He goes, well, look, look how they're highlighted. And it's true. It would affect the page. We had several pages to, this is a book, we had several back pages on the same page graphically okay. so that if you alter some of the text, some of the texts are in page one that you're seeing on the screen. Some texts are within the fiscal's uh, wallpaper. Okay. Some of the texts are on the same page as the photos. So depending on how you're hacking me, I can see what page you got, and I can reset those pages. And you think these are teacher unions uh, trying to hack you, or what? I think they're just commies. Communist spies from uh, Cuba? I, I don't even think Cuba because of the English. Uh, I just think that people want to take the site down. Okay. I believe that... Uh, 
most of it's probably just computer generated, you know, logarithms. Okay. Uh, well, I know that I know when I use Hillary White Trash on Facebook, on any site, mm-hmm. it's shut down. That word is tagged to a logarithm. It comes up and you get blocked. You the person, the messenger. Okay. I just can't call Hillary White Trash anymore. Now what I do is I call her Hilary. So and I put the capital letter L and one her, her okay. second L in Hillary. So we're we're concrete conservatives. So what you you were saying that this friend this webmaster for WSQF and for the fiscal different person than uh, this, than the fiscal. Okay, okay. So uh, he he saw that Trump was going to win before South he South African. He came down before he came down the elevator. A lot of times. Oh, way before foreign, the elevator. Foreign observers. Uh, and I like to look at Conrad Black. He's Canadian. You got to get close to the microphone. That's why yeah. people are complaining. Well, Conrad Black is a Canadian uh, publisher, and he's very knowledgeable. In fact, he used to own the Chicago Sun Times, and he sold the building to Trump for Trump Tower in Chicago. And his latest uh, column this week says Trump is going to win big, forty states easily. Yeah, I, that's because of the backlash against this really groundless. Um, impeachment uh, inquiry. It's just totally... My God, why, why can't we just realize we have a treaty with Ukraine yeah. where they have to cooperate on corruption and I'm, I'm going to give you and, and 400 really million. It. And it yeah. wasn't even connected and to And Biden money. too, he was senator at the time. And I'm going to give you a bunch of money. Can we find out about the Americans yeah. that might have been finagling? I want to know what's well, going on before what, I give you the money. What I, what I said uh, today to some of my friends on the internet is that uh, the Democrats are firing blanks at Trump but they're hitting and killing Biden. And I think they want to do that. They yeah. want to kill Biden. I know, Ocasio does. So, well, a lot of the progressives. So, I think what we're left with is with Elizabeth Warren, uh, Squaw Liz, as I call her, or Pocahontas. You know who's going to come out of nowhere? Who? And shock her? Hillary? Nope. Delaney. No, he's not. He's totally out of it. Watch out. No, I think that man's taking two companies public before he was thirty years old. He's a business guy. Yeah. Oh, watch out! He's not a political entrepreneur. Uh, Watch out! Watch out! He comes from a very pinko state called Maryland. That's very close to D.C. There's swamp buggies over there. Forget it. He's not going to do it. Unfortunately, I thought you were going to say Hillary. Hillary's going to get back in the in the race. The only person who has a chance, other than this Delaney guy, yeah, is uh, the the Starbucks dude. That guy, Howard Schultz, he just shows yeah, up, he's, man. He's he disappeared. is a smooth guy. He's disappeared. You know who could beat all these people and never even thought about running? Oprah, Charlie Crist. What? Charlie Crist would us would have been the perfect Democrat for these times. Perfect in debates. Slick. White hair. Handsome. With tan. With a portable. Uh, Always renting, never owned real estate in his life. Portable fan. A renter, a total fraud. But man, when he gets on stage. Baloney. He is good, man. I'm so proud to have been involved in the Marco Rubio campaign for that that reason alone, beating him. Mm. And the truth is that we didn't even beat him. He he beat himself? Kendrick Meek beat him. Kendrick really? Meek stayed in the race, thank God. He had the dignity to stay in the race. And and he went to become an independent in that race. What what uh, percentage of the of the votes did Rubio get in the general election? 49, 47. Okay, so that's pretty good. Forty-nine, forty-seven. Meek got like thirty something. Okay, and Charlie and, got twenty. Sorry, the other way around. Meek got like seventeen, eighteen. And as Char- a Democrat, Charlie got thirty as an independent. As a sitting governor, yeah. As a sitting governor and an independent. Yeah. So if Kendrick doesn't stay, he's done. Charlie wins. Wow. Because the Kendrick vote would have gone to Charlie. Well, not all of it. 
I would say all of it. In really? Florida, where we're fifty-fifty, mm. Florida's got a big issues, man. We remember we when uh, Bob Martinez won the governor's race back in what day was that? That was a long time ago, before Christ. When when Bob Martinez won the governor's race in Florida, it was the first Republican governor since, since the Civil War, right? And the well, majority of the senators, I mean the uh, the the majority of the legislature, it was like seventy years. Right. I'm talking about 70 years. I'm not talking about 50 or 30 or 40. I'm talking about 70 years. Oh, but, yeah. And what did he do? He taxed services. How low? As a Republican, you're going to tax no, services? No, any Republican that raises taxes Come is in on. trouble. Come on. One-term governor. Ask gone. Poppy Bush. And, and on top of that, he ran as a Cuban, and he was not even, he was 100% full-blooded American from Tampa with a last name named Martinez. So anytime they ask him, Cuban, I feel Cuban, he used to say, Bob Martini used to say, I feel Cuban, I feel Cuban. Well, you know, the Cuban sandwich was invented in Tampa. Probably so. (laughs) I didn't know. In Ybor City, I suppose. Yes, it's a great place. You know, it was also the first first legitimate, documented labor stripe in victory for laborers was in Ybor City, 1903. Cigar rollers? Cigar rollers, 1903 or 4. Yep. And guess what they did with them? Fired them. Put them on a boat and send them back to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you won the strike. Here's That'll a higher wage. You. you get the wage, everything you wanted. Well, One week later, they're on a boat. That's what's happening boat. with all these, uh, for example, in New York City, uh, the restaurants are now required to pay $15 an hour. And what it's doing is it's uh, several restaurants, smaller restaurants are closing down. No more French down, fries. Closing down. No more baked potatoes. And the ones that stay open, they just, they're slower service or they're going to automated service. Yeah, it's, yep. it's the saddest thing, man. The, the increase in minimum wage always hurts those who support it. And uh, uh, that's just such is life, man. Uh, big government sucks. Oh, here's another one. Now that I said big government sucks, I have a proud moment for us American Cubans. Okay. And for you Cuban-Americans. Yes. Diana and her boyfriend. Diana Sixto of Turning Point USA. Had the joy and the privilege to dance the Guantaramera in the White House. Oh, really? When was this? That was a beautiful moment in exile history that is what? completely understated When moment. was this? For the Hispanic uh, tribute in the White House at Pence Hispanic and Hispanic Trump- Heritage uh, Month, wasn't that? Is that It was October? beautiful to watch them dance. Isn't that coming up? Right now, it just happened. Oh, wow. So, we'll Diana, if you're out video. there, kudos we'll have to, to get you, the darling. video then. Post the video on WSB she has Radio. It, she has it posted on her Instagram. And I... Uh, I, I Believe it or not, my sentimental side of me <laughs> felt like I was born in Cuba for a moment there. Oh, the wow. Guantanamera was uh, decently played. I didn't think there were a Cuban band that was in there, but <laughs> I had some suspicion that the band wasn't really Cuban, but perhaps I'm wrong. I don't know. Didn't have that. There was something missing in Did the song. Did they have the singing? Yes, they were singing it. Yo soy un hombre Le sincero. Donde crece, <laughs> donde la, crece la palma. las palmas. Soy un hombre sincero. Donde, como el de donde crece la palma. No, but there's something about alma afterwards. No, y antes de morir me quiero echar mis versos de alma. There you go. Wait a minute. I don't have my standing ovation. So All right. Don't worry. All right. So we're going to go. We're going to punch out here six minutes early because we're getting ready for the statues and stories hour. And I believe. Wait, wait, wait. Today is Yom Kippur. I don't think uh, oh, Adam we, oh, is doing it. Oh, we don't it. have it. We're being turned yeah. off. You don't know if, if Not Yom Kippur today Sandy is... Koufax didn't pitch in the World Series, so Adam doesn't have to do statues and stories. Absolutely. Today and, is uh, yeah, Rosh Hashanah. Yes, first day Actually, of the y- new year. Yesterday was the first day. Okay. Or is this the? F- I y- think I don't know. I think today is New Year's Day. 
So five, yeah, five thousand. So he is atoning years. for his sins. Yeah, he can't do it. I told him. Us Gentiles, we're so bad, we can't do it. We need supernatural help to atone for. Oh, our so sins. now we got to talk for another six minutes because there is no statues and stories. There's today. no statues and stories. And you can't tell me to shut up because there's nobody on the phone. Nobody's on the phone, and hopefully. Uh, now, why? Let's go to listening. this question. I got a good topic for you. What? What are you, uh, Elway fan or something? What is it that you wear in your Stanford shirt? Uh, are just, you trying to get a job? No, I'm. I just. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I rotate my shirts, so. But do you have a, an affinity for Stanford, or no, you had a girlfriend no, no. from my, Stanford? My, uh, that my, was your girlfriend's pajama when you were a single man. No, my my son-in-law is uh, got his MBA from Stanford. Oh, okay. Two so years. so when, when I went out to visit him, uh, I got this at the at the bookstore, and that's all. Geez, you're easy, man. Yeah, this is what I. You're like a slut son-in-law, a father-in-law. Right. Wow, just to get along with the guy. Jeez, he doesn't have to like you. You're a father-in-law. Well, no, no. We, uh, I think Katrina oh. got something. Or he, maybe they gave it to me as a present. All to win your heart. Yes, trying to win my heart, yes. To match with your Great America hat. Right, 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 yeah. So I it's have, not a Great America hat. It's Make America. Make America Great, great Again. again. MAGA. How, come, how, how come you don't have the new and improved version? I don't, I'm not new and improved. I'm an old guy. Uh, you mean new and improved? Keep America Great? Yeah. No, I'm an old, uh, I stick to my old uh, stuff. I don't go for the latest. I'd say trendy. they should make impeachment great again. <laughs> be a, he's the, fake, the fake impeachment. Fake impeachment great again. Fake it, impeachment. It's ma- totally ridiculous. It, the The Constitution says you need high crimes and misdemeanors. He has not committed any crime. I think he's a high crime because he must have he must have spoke very loud in the conversation. No, no. Trump, he must have raised it, his it's, volume. It's totally the Democrats have been planning something since Trump was elected. Well, here's what they did plan. They the did. Deep state, did. You know what the deep state did? They changed the regulation yes, for whistleblower to be ago, third yeah, party yeah, to make it easier. I agree. That and was that totally means that, that was Obama or no? You know, uh, no, it, was, it doesn't matter. The deep state is there regardless of Obama. They, no, but you they wanted to it. see if it's actually. Obama well, we'll see. We'll see. But all of them are, because John Brennan was a CIA director, and he placed and left those people there. So that's okay, why. Okay, so we there's need, the answer to my question. We need. That's why you know. We so need we actually to, want impeachment, so he can be subpoenaed in the yeah. Senate. The, the, yeah. The, this thing started right after he won the election. Uh, they started building up a cloud over Trump that he was going to be impeached or forced to resign because of Russia collusion, which turned out to be false. But the Russia collusion hoax allowed the Democrats to win the House in 2018 because a lot of the Republicans resigned, retired. They were kind of uh, people were kind of in a backlash. Uh, they were they were really kind of a, on the defensive. Now we know that that was a hoax, so the the Democrats have to come up with something else, and the only thing they have is this fake impeachment and uh, Congressman Green, Al Green from Houston, Democrat congressman. Uh, it gave the game away this weekend. He said, we have to impeach him or otherwise oh, he wins he'll get reelected. So that's what it's all about. It's a political move. It's totally inconsistent with the American Constitution because the Constitution does not allow the legislature to take out and, and impeach and take out the president, the executive, Well, unless there's a crime involved. Absolutely. And there's no crime in the in a in a parliamentary system like in England. Yeah, just vote the no legislature can say no confidence. Get the executive and they do out it too often. Well, whatever. They yeah. call for elections all the time. That's why they suck. And we're the greatest. Okay. <laughs> That's true. I call it I call it the avalanche. Okay. Ever since 
Mueller didn't know who. Yeah, he was. He was totally fusion GPS was during his testimony. I realized, wow, this guy wasn't even around. They just they just tagged this guy with the name. Yep. And he got 20- Andy. Andy, what's his name? The number two guy was really running that show. Yeah, who should have been executed by now, but. Yep. Uh, so I've called it an avalanche ever since, right? So I'm just waiting for the dis. Well, we need the the Bill Barr and his people, uh, the, John Durham and the other prosecutors, to come out with with whatever charges you think, are going to make. They would be distracted by this impeachment. Hearing? No, they got to do their job. I hope they've been doing their job. You go on parallel tracks. Well, I'm uh, I f- I fear that they'll the impeachment will, will clutter the water so well, that they sure, can do their job. Well, sure, but that's why they're doing the impeachment, to get attention. So anyway, I post I'm going to end this show by reading uh, this PhD in political science. His name is Hiram Zunafel. Okay. And he said, this is what the avalanche looks like. All right. And since I call it the avalanche, I'm going to read it to our audience. Go for it. And uh, excuse me, I did get LASIK, so uh, give me a moment here to put on my specs. When did you get LASIK? I got LASIK about five years ago. It's oh, still okay. working. It still works. But you do lose your right to read. Uh, okay. So uh, I'm going to do something here that, uh, and hear me out. Don't start interrupting me. Stay away from the microphone for okay. once. Because right. your microphone has been turned off. Okay. Okay. So here we go. I have a degree in political science, and I am a card-carrying libertarian. I've been studying politics and political history for the past 30 years. My specialty is U.S. presidents. That said... I hope that the House of Representatives impeaches Donald J. Trump. And let me tell you what happens next. First, the House can pass articles of impeachment over the objections of the Republicans and refer to the Senate for trial. Secondly, the Senate will conduct this trial. There will be a vote, and the Republicans will vote unanimously, along with a small number of Democrats to not convict the president. I have... I think Romney would be the sole guy to vote for impeachment. But anyway. The sole Republican. That's, that's And what Democrat you think would vote for Trump? Uh, Manchin? Manchin. Yes. Okay. Number three, the third. However, during the trial, this is what no one is thinking about right now. Oh, right. The president's attorneys will have the right to subpoena <laughs> and question everybody they want. This is different than a special counsel investigation, which has very one-sided allegations. So, during the impeachment trial, we will finally get hearing testimonies from James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Bruce Orr, Glenn Simpson, Donna Brazil, Eric Holder, Loretta Wrench, Christopher Steele, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary. There's a difference. Barack Hussein Obama. Brennan, James Clapper, and a whole host of other participants. Valerie Jarrett. In the whole sordid affair. And they will have to expose their cover-up activities. A lot of dirt will be dug up. A lot of truth will be unveiled. Finger-pointing will occur. Deals will have to be made. And suddenly, a lot of Democrats will start being charged and going to prison. All this because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wanted the president impeached. The president's team will now, for the first time, have the right to question all these people under oath. And they will turn each other. They will turn on each other. And that's already starting. Lastly, one more thing will happen. The Senate will not convict the president. Nothing will happen to Trump. Most Americans are clueless about this political processes, the law, and the Constitution. Most of all, Americans believe that being impeached results in the removal from office. They don't understand that phase two is the trial. 
and it occurs in the Senate, where there is zero chance of a conviction. Remember, the Senate is controlled by Republicans. They will determine what testimony is being allowed, and everything will be allowed, including DNC collusion with Russia and the Clinton campaign, and how they fixed it in favor of Hillary to leave Bernie out, the creation of the Trump dossier, the cover-up, and the destruction of all those emails very likely included incriminating information to this cause. They will incriminate each other because they all lied to the FISA court and by by spying and wiretapping the Trump campaign and for colluding with foreign political actors, especially George Soros. After the Senate declines to convict the president, we will have an election and Trump will win. It will be a backlash against Democrat petulance, temper tantrums, hypocrisy, and dishonesty. Even minorities will begin to vote for Trump because for the first time, they will see that the Democrats have spent two and a half years focused on maintaining their own power and not doing anything at all about black murders in Chicago, homelessness, the opioid crisis, and other important issues actually killing people. And we will spend the following four years listening to politicians, just listening to politicians, pundits, claim that the whole impeachment trial was rigged. So let's move on and let's hope for impeachment pay-per-view style. I like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Stay free, my friends. This is the end of the Concrete Conservative here on Blinker Radio, WSQF 94.5. And it's time to turn. FM. FM. Ed's FM. Yeah. Pink Floyd, 1987, on Turning You Away. Stay free, my friend. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube, Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.